of us, you included, are somewhere on your path spiritually, and you have a next step to take. Some have never never committed their life. Some have never never submitted and, and, and surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. That's your next step. Some have never been baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ. That's your next step. Some have never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit of God gives them the ability to speak. That's your, your next step. Everybody, regardless of how long you've been in church or, or, or not, if you've, if you've been a part of the church for 30, 40 years, you still have a, a next step. There's still a next step for you. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 18 from the message. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, if people cannot see what God is doing, another version said, where there is no vision, where there is no vision, the people, the people perish. If you don't have clarity in your in your life. If you if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And a lot of you are like uh, that's totally that totally describes uh, where I am in my life today. That totally describes my my marriage or, or or totally describes my money or or your job or or your emotions they're all over the place and and I would maintain this morning that 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 your mess isn't the problem your mess isn't uh, isn't necessarily the mess the mess is not having something in life that that is bigger than the mess when you have clarity to your life the problems just become more like distractions but 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 when they attend to back to the word when they attend to what he reveals what god reveals they are most blessed they are most blessed so when you see what god has for you you're blessed that doesn't mean that you'll have more money or or whatever it's a condition of your soul the void is filled you are blessed and when you study God's word it reveals throughout that it's it's been in the Bible throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament the path of life that will will bring you joy it's it's being someone who follows after Jesus Christ not just attend services not just uh, does a few good things in their life but you truly follow after Jesus Christ uh, you're in his presence you desire to get in his word and obey his his word and and the four things that 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 we focus on here of course find belong grow serve find not just not just uh, uh, knowing about God but somehow you know God uh, personally you find real relationship with him number two belong you connect to a body of believers that that's when you truly find freedom you need others to help you to settle some issues in your life bible says confess your faults one to another that you may be healed and then thirdly is to grow you were born on purpose with a purpose Turn to your neighbor and let them know you were born on purpose with a purpose. 
on purpose with a purpose. And we grow when we discover our purpose so that we will in turn fourthly serve and make a difference. Your purpose is doing something with your life that is changing other individuals' lives. And that's the highest level of living. The highest level of living that you can achieve is when you are serving and making a difference in other people's lives. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. So all throughout the Bible, in order for you to get healed from your habits, healed from your pain, is through relationships, folks. Which seems odd, since a lot of your pain and a lot of your your hurt is probably from relationships. But the Bible says, if you will confess your faults, it doesn't say to God. It says, confess your faults to one another. One to another. And pray for each other. And you shall be healed. God's system is honesty and transparency in relationships. Relationships. This is why small groups is so very important. It's important that you connect with a body of believers. It's important that you're faithful to your small groups. So we're going to talk today, this morning, about, about freedom in the cross of Jesus Christ. We'll go, first of all, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. It's, it's foolishness. They, they, they don't see the power of it. They don't, they don't understand when we talk about the cross and we talk about the blood and we talk about the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. It's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. It's the power of God. In the cross itself, uh, there is power. It, it, It wasn't just what he went through. It was all for a purpose. There is power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Wonder working power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody give your Lord a hand clap of praise. Revelations chapter 12, 10 and 11 from the New Living Translation says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and authority. Salvation, power, and and authority of his Christ. You can have all three, folks. The cross wasn't just for salvation. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God that we now have access to come boldly into the very presence of God by the sacrifice that Jesus made upon the cross. But it's not only for salvation. It is also for power and authority. So you can have all three. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, Sisters, uh, somebody say the devil. The devil has thrown down to earth uh, the one who accuses them before our God day and night, and they have defeated him. How? 
by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Folks, there is power in the blood of Jesus. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. It began that Thursday night, and we'll talk about it more this first Thursday. Folks, this week is first Thursday. We will meet here on Thursday night this week. This Thursday is first Thursday. So as I've said before, if you used to come on Thursday nights years back, maybe when you first got in church or, or, or maybe even recently as, as last year or the year before, come this Thursday night. You'll want to come this first Thursday, this Thursday night at 7.30. It'll be a couple songs of worship followed by an encouraging message on, on the cross and on Jesus' death that'll be different from today. So you will not want to miss first Thursday service this week. But on that specific Thursday, Jesus and his disciples had, had just celebrated the Passover or what is called the Last Supper. And, and they were uh, that's where we get our communion or, or what we call the Lord's Supper. And after, after they had the cup and after they had the, the bread, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And, and of course, Judas cuts out and, uh, to go and receive his, his 30 pieces of silver he betrays Jesus Judas does and he tells uh, those uh, where they can find uh, Jesus the disciples and Jesus head out from that upper room uh, and from that supper there that last supper and they go to Gethsemane the garden there and, and there Jesus prayed and he took his inner circle G James John and Peter he took them a little further from the other 11 there and, and they prayed and they prayed and, and they prayed and, and listen folks if you're going through something or, or if you know you're about to go through something the best thing that you can do is pray the best thing that you can do is, is pray and, and seek God. And Jesus shows us that right here. Jesus knows it's going to be difficult. But he finds strength in prayer. And they finish praying and the Roman soldiers uh, show up and, and they come up to arrest him. And, and all night he, he, he goes through trials and, and he, the high priest and Ananias and Caiaphas there. And, and then it's on to, to Pilate and the Sanhedrin and then Herod and then, and then back to Pilate. And all this happened throughout the night till most likely about 6 a.m. in the morning. So, so the Bible says... In Matthew 26 beginning at uh, verse 59 that the chief priests were looking for false uh, evidence. They were looking for, for something to accuse him, something to convict him because there was nothing true that they could get on him so they were seeking a false uh, witness. He was perfect and how can you convict a perfect man? You can't. Again, they looked for false witness against Jesus so that they could put him to death. And verse 60 says, but they didn't find any, though many false witnesses came 
forward. And verse 63 says, Jesus remained silent. And they said, tell us if you are the Messiah. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Now there's something that he is guilty of folks Uh, he is the Christ he is the anointed one that has the power to break the yoke of bondage off of your life that's what Christ means it means the uh, anointed one the one that can break the powers uh, off of your life he is the son of the living God Verse 64, Jesus responded. He said, you have said so. It is as you say. He says he is God there. He he, he either has to be a a liar, a a, a lunatic, or he is in fact, uh, in fact, Lord. And if he's a liar, then then just go on with your life. If he was just a crazy man, then then it doesn't matter. But if he is in fact who he says he is, you ought to fall down and worship him. You ought to give your life totally and completely to him verse number 66 goes on the the priest there says what do you think he is worthy of death they answered he came Jesus did at a time to this earth when capital punishment was the harshest of any other time Period. He didn't get a lethal injection. He didn't die by that. He he didn't get a bullet from a firing range. He wasn't electrocuted. No, he was crucified. He was executed in a time period like no other. Isaiah saw some 800 years before it would take place. He saw four things. And these four things we're going to talk about this morning briefly in Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed four wombs of the crucifixion and they didn't just happen to just him they were for you they didn't just take place and Jesus went through them they were each and every one for you you may be heaven bound you you can find freedom though through these four things that Jesus paid for on the cross it wasn't just for your sins he paid for these other things as well and they all represent something for you now I'm not going to take them as uh, Isaiah did in that order but I'll give them to you this morning in chronological order the way they actually took place in the narrative uh, and took place uh, to Jesus Uh, The first thing that would happen is the scourging. Uh, They have called, uh, uh, they have what you call a a, a cat of nine tails. And and what this is, is it it has a handle and then it has uh, nine strips of leather that that come off of that. And on each of the nine of the nine strips uh, were were tied and and clamped on and and made there was, was bone and rock and glass, these sharp 
sharp object on each of these nine uh, nine strands and, and it was it's really tough to think about when you really begin to imagine what uh, Jesus went through and, and the Bible says that he took 39 lashes 40 save uh, one 39 Roman uh, Roman law would only allow them to take 39 lashes uh, uh, it wouldn't you couldn't go past that most people would die from that scourging alone now sometimes if you if you look at it in a movie or such and and you think that they're going sideways across if you study it it, it shows that that his hands were up above his head and, and they would actually come straight uh, straight down with that whip uh, that had these things that would attach to the skin and and I don't mean to be too graphic here but but would literally literally uh, rip and, and and tear at the very the very flesh of his body and and 13 would go down this side and 13 would go down uh, down this side and then the other 13 would go down down the middle and and we'll see a little bit later why this actually was that way and and Isaiah tells us why he went through all of that and the first thing uh, that whip uh, was for freedom in my body the bible says that by his stripes we are healed by his stripes you are healed every stripe was for some dis- disease for some infirmity he was saying I'll pay the price not only for your sin but I'll pay the price for your sickness as well I'll pay the price for your sins. That's what, that's what Calvary is about. But it's not only about your sins. He was paying the price for your sickness as well. We believe that Jesus took the stripes on his back so that you would never have to take them on your back. So that you could experience real freedom in your body. And I'm talking about healing in your body. Jesus is a healer. He wasn't just a healer then he's a healer right now the great physician has not closed shop he's still a healer and he can touch you and give you a miracle in this house this morning you say why doesn't he heal everybody I don't have an answer for that but I know he has and he will continue to heal you can't tell me that he don't do it anymore I've been an eyewitness of the majesty of God blinded eyes see deaf ears are open the lame walk the dumb talk he can heal anything somebody say hallelujah first peter 2 and 24 he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds by his stripes you have been healed past tense it's already been paid for then they did something that they normally did not do they took him to the praetorium it's where the guards hung out it's it's kind of a locker room of sorts for for the guards and they brought Jesus in there out of out of the public and they brought him there to to mock him they put a 
purple robe on him. They smote him. They said, if you're a prophet, tell us who smote you, who hit you. He could have told them, but he didn't. He held his, held his peace like a lamb to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. They couldn't get a reaction out of Jesus. Then they took him. They took a cluster of, of thorn branches and wove them together as uh, two-inch thorns on them, twisted them as a crown, and they, they pushed that down upon his head not only would this cause blood to flow down into his face but but also inwardly through those punctures it would cause intense pressure in his head and Isaiah saw the thorns and he makes a comment he says the punishment on him that brings us peace where do folks have chaos in their life where do they have where are they needing peace or where do they not have peace it's in their minds. It's in their minds. So number two, the crown of thorns was freedom and represented freedom in my mind. The punishment that brought him peace. So some today may be dealing with stress in your life. You, you may be dealing with depression. You may be dealing with anxiety or worry or fear. And your brain is driving you crazy. You don't have any peace. Hear me. Jesus didn't just come to bring you salvation. That would be enough in itself. And we could go on praising him for eternity if that's all it was. Because that is enough. But he didn't just come to give us that. To give us heaven down the road. Jesus said in John 14 and 27. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives. Don't let let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So if you're troubled in your mind and if you're afraid and if you're stressed, you forgot a benefit that Jesus came and provided for us here on earth. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, you will keep him perfect in peace, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Folks, Jesus went through the pain in his head so I wouldn't have pain in mine. He suffered in his head so that I wouldn't have to suffer in mine. And some of you need to experience Jesus' peace. Not peace like the world gives, but a peace that even though you're going through it, and even though the situation may not have changed, you can still have a peace that passeth all understanding because he'll guard your hearts and your minds. Come on, somebody put your hands together and clap to the Lord. Then they take Jesus back to the public area. And they make the prisoners carry their own cross up Golgotha's hill. And they nailed him in two places. The hands and the feet. Of course, we know that the nails most likely went in here, which we would call it the wrist. It's, it's still right there and... They would call it a part of the hand. If it, if it was put right in the hand, they say that it would, it would rip right through when all the pressure and the weight would come down. So they would, they would actually place those, those nails right there, right there in the wrist. And then, of course, in the, in the feet. And they put a little bend in the knee. 
they would put a little bend in the knee. And, 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 and as I said earlier, the, the, the cat of nine tails come down on, on these shoulder blades and, and these shoulder muscles. So, so when he's hanging upon the cross, and one would hang upon the cross, one, the common cause of death is suffocation because, because uh, uh, there is no longer the ability to lift up to get breath with your arms because these shoulder muscles have been, have been uh, uh, pretty much done away with with the cat of nine tails that was coming down on both of these shoulders so he didn't have one would not have the ability to lift up to get that breath that's why the bend in the knees so they could push uh, push with the with the legs to to come up to try to get to get the breath so the air could fill the lungs and and go from there and, and, and not hands and the feet the, the hands are everything that you've done your feet are every place that you've gone and remember what Isaiah said that he was pierced for our transgressions so every place you've gone that you went too far that you weren't supposed to go there and everything that you've done that you weren't supposed to do the nails is freedom in in my hands uh, pierced for our transgressions freedom from everything that I've done Jesus paid it all on the cross And someone said, well, the Lord has uh, forgiven me of my sins. Uh, yes, thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for his blood that washes uh, white as snow. But he not only forgives it. Hebrews 8 and 12 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Some of you say, well, you, you say, I'm, I've forgiven somebody in my home. I've forgiven somebody, that, uh, uh, my friend or, or acquaintance, uh, but you're not going to let them forget it. You bring it up every time something happens. And yeah, though you may say you've, you've forgiven them, you're not going to let them, uh, them forget it. And some of you live for God uh, like he's that way as well. And you think in your mind about that thing that you've done years ago. And it keeps reoccurring in your mind. But Jesus has not only forgiven you, he has uh, forgotten it uh, as uh, well. He not only paid for your sins, he has forgotten them cast them into the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more yeah. Hebrews 9 14 the NLT says just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience uh, from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God he takes care of the shame he takes care of the guilt he takes it off of you if you're carrying that today Jesus wants to free you from that wants to take that away from you and then finally finally at the ninth hour he breathed his last breath they'd stay up there for days at times that that crucifixion but at 3 p.m at, at, at 3 p.m he, he he breathed his last breath his last breath because uh, it was Passover. They, they didn't want them to stay up for days. So the soldiers were, were going through to, to break the legs, to, to speed up the process of death. As I said, the legs were used so that they could, they could get the breath. And if the legs were broke, then, then of course it would, it would speed up that process uh, uh, of death. And when they came to Jesus, 
He'd already passed. He, he was already dead. Scripture already prophesied that not a bone would be broken. And it wasn't. Uh, so to make sure, instead of breaking his legs, they took a spear. And they thrust it into his side. And, and the Bible says that forthwith flowed out blood and water. Which medical science would tell you that his heart had already ruptured before that spear went in and that's why the blood and the water flowed out so how did Jesus die how did he die did did he die from blood loss no did he die from the intense and the excruciating pain no did he die from suffocation as many that were crucified died from it wasn't suffocation Jesus died because his heart was broken Broken. He literally died from a broken heart. That's why the blood and water flowed out. Isaiah said 800 years before it happened, he said he was crushed. I wonder how many of you today have had your heart crushed. I wonder how many of you today have lived through a heart-breaking incident in your life maybe a divorce maybe a wayward child just keeps making bad decisions and it's crushing your heart maybe it's the death of someone who who died before they were supposed to and and your heart is simply crushed maybe it's a disappointment someone or Something didn't work out the way you planned for it to and you wanted it to and your heart is crushed. Maybe a business failure and, and, and it didn't go and, and, and things changed and they're no longer how you wanted them and thought they would and your heart is crushed. Jesus knew that you'd go through that. He knew that you would go through that experience. So, so he had to have that experience uh, as well. And he felt it as well. And he paid for it uh, as well. That spear is freedom for my heart and in my heart. He gives you healing for your body. He gives you peace for your mind. You're guilt free from your hands and your feet. But he'll give you back your joy. He'll receive store your joy you need that back your heart needs to be healed he doesn't just come on calvary to send you to heaven and to forgive you of your sins and make you make you able to be able to enter into his presence but he heals psalms 147 and 3 says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wombs now folks i'm going to i'm going to pray and we're going to pray for these four areas areas of your life that God would give you freedom today Jesus Lord right now I wish that everybody all across this house would just begin to focus your mind focus your heart focus your attention upon him maybe you want to bow your head maybe you want to lift up your hands whatever it is right now as we pray father right now right now upon the authority of your word and the power of your name I loose healing in 
into bodies right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ you came you paid for our healing by your stripes we already are healed it just hasn't manifest yet it hasn't showed up yet but you've already paid for it God I pray for minds right now that people would have peace of minds Lord, that are dealing with stress and are dealing with anxiety and are dealing with the problems of this life and it seems like their brain is just going crazy. Lord, I pray for peace of mind. You came that we'd be free of all that. I pray right now, God, for peace of mind. God from sin some have, have have done things some have, have, have life has carried them in a direction that maybe is against your word maybe we started off right but somehow veered off of the course maybe there's some that are yet to get on that road of righteousness and to begin following you and surrendering their heart and their life totally and completely to you God right now I pray that forgiveness I pray that mercy and grace would begin to walk up and down these aisles and touch hearts and touch minds as we surrender ourselves unto you forgive us of our sins Lord and then God for the disappointments of life for the hearts that have seemed to have been crushed by events that have transpired God restore Restore the joy of our salvation. Restore our hearts. Restore right now. And I pray that as we are focused upon you, Lord Jesus, that people here right now are beginning to turn, uh, turn their heart and turn their mind and turn their life towards you. That we begin to surrender our lives totally and completely to you. God, we need you. We can't do it without you. And I know that you came and you paid for us to have all these things right here in earth. If you're here today and if you're far from God and you know you are, you know you're not following after him, you know you're not, you're not chasing after God, you're not following Jesus and his word, but you want to be. If you're here today and, and that's you, I pray that you would, you'd surrender your heart and surrender your life to him. The biblical word is repentance. It's an inward change of mind. It's an outward change of direction. We begin to change how we think. We begin to change what we do. And I pray right now that as we stand in Jesus' presence, that you begin to surrender your life totally and completely unto him. If you've never done that, that's your next that's your next step this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't we all just stand to our feet right now? Maybe you've done it your way and, and, and you realize that it just doesn't work. Jesus, I give my life to you. I give you my life. Take my life. I surrender. I surrender my life. I surrender my life to you.